Hey, Lewis here. I mean, obviously it's me, right? I'm the only guy who actually runs this freaking show. Anyways, I'm here to tell you about something that I'm working on that I'm really excited about. It's not going to be ready until later this year. However, I'm going to give you the lowdown on it so you can get it for free. Here it is. I am going to be releasing a podcast monetization masterclass. I've been spending the last few months on this, building it, refining it, even training my team on how to use this with our own clients. When it is out and finally published and ready, it will be anywhere from, I'd say, $47 to $197. I'm not sure what I'm going to price it at yet, and there will be a lot of bonuses that go with this course as well. However, the first 100 people who actually raise their hand, say they want it, and actually go through the course and give me good feedback are going to get it for free, okay? So if you want to be one of those 100 people, there will be a link to a page where you can sign up and add your name to it and your email, and then I will send you the 1.0 version of this course when it is out, all right? You'll be one of the first 100 people. Once I hit 100 people, I am shutting it off, and it will be a paid product, and that will be it, all right? So make sure if you want this course for free, be one of those 100 people because that is the only way you will be able to get it for free. All right, that is it. Now back to this episode. Hey, welcome to the Podcast Domination Show. I'm Luis Diaz, your host, and this is the show for podcasters or people who are thinking about starting a podcast but don't know how to grow it monetize it, launch it, and quite frankly, have fun with it. So that's what this show is here for. And that's what I'm going to help you do. Be sure to stick around to the end of the show today so you can learn where to get all of the free podcast marketing tools, tips, checklists, guides, and other awesome stuff to help you grow, launch, monetize your show, and more importantly, have fun. Let's dive in. So cool. We'll start rolling uh, right now. It looks like I got my mic on. You know, the other day I made a, I did a, an episode with my internal mic <gasps> and it was the worst. <laughs> it was the worst. Um, so that was a huge pain, but um, I think I've got it right this time today. So yeah. once um, I recorded an interview on a red carpet with Jason Siegel and my mic didn't work. Oh, Imagine my- going back to the radio station saying, yeah, Jason oh, interview. Gosh. Great memory. <laughs> no audio. No audio. Great. Uh, it was a great interview, guys, but um, <laughs> I lost the audio. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, I think it happens to everyone at least once. But uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Anyways, what is going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Podcast Domination Show. I've got a really special friend I am uh, happy to bring on the show today, calling from on the other side of the world, really, Australia. And... Uh, I recently met up with her in New York and she completely blew my mind as far as like her, her depth of knowledge in podcasting. I knew she was brilliant, but I didn't know she was this brilliant. Um, so I'm really happy to bring on Kelly Glover from the Talent Squad. Um, Kelly, what is going on? How are you doing um, from all the way across the world in Australia? Hi, Lewis. I'm great. Uh, yeah, I'm actually in the future. We're a day ahead. So would you like me to send you the winning lottery numbers? Happy to. <laughs> I wonder if anyone's ever tried that, honestly. <laughs> Wait, no, that wouldn't work, would it? No. No. You'd have to be in here in the U.S. Yeah. So scratch that. But <laughs> yeah, it's a good point you make. You are in the future, actually. Um, gosh, I don't even want to think about far in the future. You scare me already. But anyways... Um, Kelly, I definitely wanted to um, 
I guess before we jump into some of the really cool stuff we're going to talk about, I'd love to get an idea or give the audience an idea of your background. Um, you've got a plethora of experience in PR, podcasting, television, radio. So um, for those who don't know you, could you just give a brief um, overview of kind of what you've been doing the last 20 years? Sure. So yeah, I've been working in media and entertainment for 17 years. Um, I am Australian, but I went to college in Ohio. So a lot of my experiences in the US did my internships for Miramax in Hollywood, also in uh, London. So I've worked in uh, film, TV, commercial radio, and now in podcasting. And I run my own podcast talent booking agency. Yes. And that's the talent squad. I think I, first time I met you was in, yeah, it was in podcast movements. I think the first thing you, you taught me with like within 30 seconds of me meeting you was how to just automatically, it was automatic value, which I loved. Um, but it was about bots and it was about, um, growing kind of making like the messenger bots, another arm in your marketing channel, uh, I'm just curious about, I can't remember if you told me already, but how did you come across that little tool? Um, I saw, I saw somebody showed me it and it absolutely blew my mind. And then I found out you could make one yourself. So I'm like, I'm going to teach myself how to do that. And I found a program that would do it. So I created my own bot, um, which is, well, how do you explain it? I guess it's automatic response in Facebook Messenger is the best way yeah. to describe it. And yeah. Um, you can, yeah, you can plug and play and make it. And so I put in a quiz for podcast movement that was interactive. And it's basically a way to capture people on your email list because if you think about it, well, it's not email list, but on your list. Many if you think times. about any time my messenger makes a sound, I will check it. It's like bloody Pavlov's dogs. I'm checking that. On an email, I'm probably not going to check it. I'm probably not going to sign up for an email list. I'll, I'll already know it's a list. But if you get a message in Facebook Messenger direct to you, um, you can put in GIFs. You can put in downloads. There's so many awesome things you can do. So I'm totally on board. Yeah, exactly. And that's what blew my mind is because, like, you're right. Like, people are still opening bots to this as of this recording, like, uh, direct message on Facebook is still a very native platform. Like you still think it's someone, a friend of yours hitting you up, um, which is great. And I've seen a lot of people do some awesome things with it. I think you were the first I came across who was doing it for podcast distribution, which blew my mind. I thought that was really awesome. Um, there is something now, I'm not sure if you've heard this about this, Kelly, but there's something called direct heroes, which is like similar to many chat, but for, for uh, Instagram DMs. Ah, no, I'm always learning new things all the time and checking it out. But yeah, ManyChat is the one that I use. Yeah. I think it's like 10 bucks a month. I think it's the most common one. It's easy to use. You can have a play around. There's lots of training in there. It's good just to learn it and see it and check it out. And yeah, it's an interesting way in for chatbots. And I think it's still quite new. Yeah. And um, so it's a bit of the wild west of getting in, but you can get people's emails and that's an interesting prospect. And even if I know it's a company and it's a chat bot, I will still interact with it because it's fun. Yeah, it's it's fast too. You don't have to wait for, you don't have to, like you can't really reply to an email that's been broadcasted out or anything like that. This you actually have to reply in two-way dialogue, right? Um, yeah, 
it's like a, so. for an adventure. You click something, it'll take you one way. You click something, it'll take you another way. So it's a fun way to interact with your audience. And it's a fun way. If I'm on a chat button, basically that means you're a subscriber and I'm mm. a, I'm on your list for your show. You can just send your, sh- hey guys, there's a new episode, boom. So it's a notification as mm. opposed to if you subscribe to a podcast and then it comes through on, a, you know, whatever app you're using or hold on, it's Tuesday at two o'clock. Forget that. Like send me a message ping it straight through me, I can click on it and I can be listening in with seconds. Right. Yeah. And everyone's on Facebook these days. So it's like, why not? Because not everyone's on iTunes, not everyone's on Stitcher or whatever they're listening to, depending on if you're Apple or Android user, but it doesn't matter what phone or whatever device you're using. You're always on, people are on Facebook no matter what. Um, Yeah. I just say test it. Your audience likes it. Great. Go with it. If they don't, don't. Otherwise you just learn a new technology, learn something new. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Um, I'm excited for this. Well, I'm excited for the direct heroes one for Instagram. That'll be interesting. I don't know as of right now, they don't, it's difficult. Like they, if you go to directheroes.com, I believe it is, it's, it's just, uh, they have like a wait list or they have like, you have to like contact them to get started. So I don't really know the details there, but that looks like a really interesting thing coming up. Um, but with many chat, going back to what you were saying, it, they actually have a free training course, which I think I went through probably 50% of it. And it was brilliant. So you can literally learn soup to nuts exactly what you need to do using that many chat free course and uh, super easy to use and interactive. Um, they give you live examples. So uh, for anyone who's looking to grow their show with it, like with Facebook, I think that's an easy way to go or not easy way. Um, a good way to go. Take some. Yeah. Even if you decide to outsource it, I still found value in watching the videos. I just like knowing how the machine works, even if I don't build it myself. So even if you're going to outsource it, it's still pretty interesting just to understand how it works. Right, right. Um, In terms of, I know you work with a lot of big name podcasters. Um, The people you've told me you work with are awesome. Uh, They've got huge shows. So I'm always interested to learn kind of what the best of the best are doing and, and what are you seeing works and uh, anything to say to that in terms of like the, maybe the people you've worked with, um, what kind of what's working in terms of helping people get their show to grow? Because that's the number one question I get. I'm sure it's the number one question you probably get as well next to how do I get on shows? Um, so anything there that you found in the last like six to 12 months that's really uh, helping your clients move the needle when it comes to growing the show? Well, people find shows through other people telling them, hey, have you heard this show? This is awesome. And also, so just basic referrals, that's how podcasting essentially works, or people looking for something where they need information, want to learn something, want to find a solution. So they're pretty much how people are discovering podcasts. The other way is through when you see on Instagram, they'll have a little video, 30 seconds, like a Veeam or an audiogram. So that will give you a quick 30-second taste of what's going on. You can see some visuals um, and then it's safe. Because when you think about going to iTunes, if you want to learn how to build a birdhouse and that's episode 247 and you go in, just see that giant list of shows and you can't really like control F and look up birdhouse and find it successfully. So um, that's the discovery process is pretty interesting if you're affronted with a back catalog of two years. Yeah. That's, that's where it gets kind of screwy, right? When you have all those shows, all that content, but someone to sort through it, at least on iTunes is really, really difficult. 
Uh, and I know there's other platforms, but that's the, that's the, the 800 pound gorilla. Um, so in terms of that, I kind of want to transition to the, like the, the website. I remember we were in New York and you brought up, I think you brought up one of your clients' websites, but it was brilliant. And you were kind of sh- going through with me, some of the changes you guys made, some of the, some of the tweaks, um, that made it the, sh- the website look really professional, look really good. Uh, I'm blanking on the person's name. It's just probably not being, I'm not, it's not a good example <laughs> to use if I don't know the name, but um, I, I think I mentioned we did an audit of the website because yeah. what you have on the website and what you know is different to what I see. So I'm going in as a user thinking, what am I looking for? How do I find stuff? Can I control F stuff? What do the images look like? How hard is it to click play? How quickly does it play? What, you know, so that's just how, and if someone's on the, or going in on your phone, because that's what people are doing. They're having a look. They're having a scroll. What are they looking for and how are they interacting? Right, right. And in terms of mistakes you see people make on a podcast website or even their authority website, like I don't think I – I think I did tell you this. I'm, I'm building my own authority website. And obviously me coming in as a person who knows myself and knows what I want the show to the thing to be like and you coming in from a user perspective, what are some of the mistakes people make when it comes to building – uh, a podcast website. We'll start there to for specificity. Um, so I would, when people go in, it's kind of like a 20 point Rolodex of things that they're looking for to check off the list. Yeah. Like if you're like, who are they? What's the show about? What's the title of the show? What am I going to get out of this show? Even though it's audio, people kind of know what you want to look like, what you look like um, and what's in it from in it for me. And how long is the commitment? Yeah. So that's a lot of things. And, but if you go in, that's how fast your brain works and all the things that you're looking for. And then, and then are you going to click? So can you answer those questions? And those questions are often answered with visual things. So it could be the branding. It could be the font. It could be the photograph. It could be the show title. So there's a lot that goes into a little in order just to get one click. Makes sense. And as you were reading, this is, this is a side note. As you were listing off all those questions, I was like, man, it sounds like a lot like, a lot like dating. Oh, <laughs> Who are hey. you? What are you about? <laughs> What's the time commitment? <laughs> Bloody Tinder for podcasts. It really is. It's are you swiping left or are you swiping right on this show? What right. is it going to take to get you to move forward in the process? Right. 100%. Really, it's a book cover. Yeah. It's absolutely judging a book by its cover. Are you going to click? Exactly. And, and then for me, if I click on it, how long am I going to listen to? Like if you have lost me in the first 60 seconds, probably even 30, I'm out. See you later. I'm never coming back. And I'd love to dive into there because that's a lot of a lot of what I do with some clients, like working through the intro and figuring out, okay, don't say that. Um, we need to make sure it's keyword heavy. Uh, and I know you do the same. You're a lot better than me at this. So <laughs> this is where I love to go. Um, in terms of In terms of the intro, what what do you find what's a bad intro i guess what will we can we start with there um what if anything comes out to, to mind? how are you going what did you do last week talking about your weekend i don't care i don't know who you are i'm you're assuming that i've been with your show for a year and i haven't like give me top line on 
who you are, what the show's about, what's coming up. I actually quite like the shows that come in with a little snippet of a quote of the guest during the show, yeah. like a talking point, because then that that is a hook to get me through to be, oh, what is that? What are they talking about? I want to find out more. And then they'll go into the intro. But there's, there's so many different ways to do things. I totally get it. True. But um, just think of it like a TV show. They will give you a little snippet at the beginning to go in and even if you haven't watched the 40 episodes before, you can still come in and watch an episode. You don't have to necessarily know everything that's gone on in the 40 hours before. Yeah, because yeah. not everyone's starting at episode one and going through to episode 338. 100%. Now, are there any um, yeah. Are there any examples that come to mind of good podcasts that maybe do this or even TV shows that you could recommend or point people to to reference? Um, if you want to learn how to hook audiences, TMZ, any of those entertainment shows, they they are like 85% hooks, 15% content, like any of those entertainment tonights. You yeah. know what I mean? Like because they get me every time. Like they really do. They are good at headlines. They are good at hooks. And if that if you want to get people's, you still have to be able to deliver. Yeah. It can't be all hooks. But that's like a pretty great lesson in how to sizzle the the audience and get people in to make them want to listen to more. All right. So I'm watching more TMZ then <laughs> or any kind of entertainment shows like that. All right. Cool. Um, that- well, don't you watch them and then kind of hate yourself yeah. a little bit. You're like, Oh, now I've got to watch to find out what these three things are that they've the thing, the, yeah. you know, I'm like, I've, I've, I'm invested right. now. So you get people to invest people. Listening. Yeah. And then you feel like you wasted time, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, it was so it was so intriguing. Curios- I think curiosity is one thing they do a great job of using. Um, curiosity at the beginning of the show, in the titles, in the headlines, to get people to stick around, like you said, to to want to find out those three things that they talked about. Uh, yeah. yeah. So. But people going in and talking about their weekend and how you are and chitty chat chat amongst the hosts, I couldn't give less of a hoot. <laughs> so don't do that in your intros, <laughs> folks. <laughs> I also do realize that it's highly personal and depending on what the audience is, I totally get that. But for me, I like, it's like walking into a conversation where you don't know what's happening. I'm not into it. Like you got to make me feel included and that there's something in it for me. Good. Yeah. Next, I want to ask you what some examples, but I've already done that. So we'll, I'll spare that and let's flip over to the back end of a web of an episode, the call to action. Um, I've seen people give out like 20 different calls to action and I've said, heck no against that. Um, you still see a lot of the bigger shows do it. Um, granted, they can get away with that crap because they're big. But uh, in terms of a call to action, are there any examples that you think are of examples of podcasters that do it really well? Because I just like to copy the the best people. Like I really don't like to figure yeah. out shit for myself. <laughs> Oh, also in saying like the weekend stuff and ha- and all the personal stuff, like someone like Joe yeah. Rogan, obviously that's someone that people want to hear that yeah. stuff from. Like I do want to hear his personal stuff. But if you're not Joe Rogan and you're in there for the content and people are coming to you for information and solutions, then that's when you need to do the hooks that I'm talking about. If you're a personality, then absolutely you can do that and I want to know all the insider mm. stuff and like you know, that you walked the dog and got the milk and what happened and all that kind of stuff. Like I want the insider info. Um, With regards to um, call to actions, I think people think of call to actions in a different way that it needs to go to a lead magnet or to get them to buy stuff. And I think that's 
kind of the wrong way to do it. A call to action is to get people into your ecosystem and by whatever means necessary. So if I've lost, you know, 200 pounds, do you know what my call to action would be? Come and see the before and after picture. It doesn't have to be download my five tips on whatever. Like who needs another piece of paper? Not everyone. Um, So it could be something as simple to that because I'd want to see that. Hmm. Or like a, what was there? I heard something funny. Like it was a, almost like, ugh. I'm thinking of a, almost like download huh? my income statement. Like, you know, like um, Pat Flynn and uh, John Lee Dumas, they had their income statements online. Uh, people always want to, are nosy. People love to see that stuff. Like with you, with your, your pictures, I correct me if I'm wrong, but you have lost 200 pounds, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't very imaginative. Yeah. That was actually <laughs> was a fact. Quite amazing. If you're listening, <laughs> you know what I mean? But if you hear that story and you're just hearing a voice, you're like, I yeah. want to see that. Yeah. Or if, like if it was a home renovation, if there's something that like podcasts, obviously audio, if there's a visual component that people have to take an action to go and see, and then they can have a more personal interaction with you, that's gold. It's much better than a download or click on my Instagram, like give me, reward me for taking an action. Mm. And the reward could be something like a before and after picture. Got it. That's something I never thought. Whatever it is. Or an income statement. You're right. I bloody love an income statement. I would go and see that. (laughs) You know? So so all I'm saying is think of it as a reward and think of it as getting people into your ecosystem and it doesn't have to be a traditional download ebook chapter five point checklist it could be something like a photo like a quiz to get a result like think of it in a different way i like that because i've always literally have always thought of the other way like let's give them something they can use a checklist a download um but i like where you're going with that because it's so it's different people you just kind of play off people's natural curiosity um and the if you have a visual component like you're saying with a before and after like a lot of people i work with are in the fitness industry so that would be perfect um, yeah, it could be, it could be like, you can think of there's so many, or, um, I'm using whatever microphone, go and find out what the microphones are to get the three options. Like think of it yeah, in a different I way. I like that. Um, all right, cool. So I definitely, first, uh, first of all, can you send me a before and I'll find it before and after picture for everyone who wants to see Kelly's amazing transformation. Uh, first and foremost, <laughs> that's the call to action for this episode. Um, <laughs> uh, but besides that. I definitely want to transition to into your expertise and and that is guesting on podcasts. I think we're saying we're going to save it for another time, but I think this is more valuable for the audience and you um, and me as well because I love to learn about the stuff. So guesting for be, – becoming a guest on other people's shows uh, is not as easy as one may think. I know it's not as easy as I thought it was. Um, it's definitely taking – takes some some skill – uh, but I'd love to get an idea from you. What makes a good guest? Um, we can start there and kind of branch out. So what makes a good guest is have you got stories to tell? Are you interesting? Are you actually into it? Are you telling it in an interesting way? And also um, uh, I think a lot of interview podcasts, people want to find out information and what information can they take, implement and get a result pretty quickly from. And what, what go ahead. So I was going to say something. <laughs> oh, no. So there's a few things already in this conversation. Like I love testing things out and right. seeing what works. So you could try it 
what you now know about ManyChat. You can check it out and see if it's for you or if it's not for you or if you want your VA to go and check it out and then come back and report to you. Or you could do a call to action and think about it in a different way if you are going on podcasts and test that out. So already there's a few little nuggets of, I reckon if you get one actionable nugget of content that you can implement in your life or your business per podcast, then you've hit a goal. True, true that. And uh, my next question to you is what happens if someone is dead ass boring? I mean, like, they're just like, they come to you and they're like, Kelly, I need to get on more shows. No, but they're not just, the client. <laughs> not the client. <laughs> but is there any way to make no. your story? We don't accept, like, that is not a good guest. We can't, like, what if we got them on a show and the host said, yes, it's going to make the agency yeah. look bad. It's going to make them look bad. That is not a win right. for anybody. So we would not that guest on, we would but just uh, uh, not necessarily an avenue for everybody. Good point. Podcasting in general is not for everyone. I think I'm sure you would agree. Um, no. If is, are there ways to make someone, I don't want this to come across wrong. Cause I know I can get a lot of shit for this. If this comes across wrong, but are there ways to make someone seem more interesting than they really are? Um, like sexing up their story, well, for instance. The thing is like, we oh yeah you can sex up a story but if you're not an interesting speaker and you can't interact with the host and like we get you on the show and we work on your story we work on your talking points we work on your packaging and branding and getting mm-hmm. you out there but if you also it relies on the person being able to show up yeah. and deliver so if they can't show up and they've got a monotone and they don't give they just answer <laughs> questions that ask words that's not good for anybody yeah. So then it's not going to work. So that's not someone we Right. It doesn't make on. sense for anyone. It's not fit. It's not only just we're not taking them on. It's also we would recommend, hey, why don't you have a little rethink? This may not be the best avenue for you because we don't want anyone wasting their time or money or embarrassing yeah. themselves or feeling bad about themselves. Like not everyone is a public no, speaker. No. Uh, I know. I don't think I am. I mean, today I was a – Radio announcer, and I used to do six hours on air every day. I'm fine. <laughs> I did six hours a day? But it's not Six hours a day wow. live on air. Jesus. Yeah, that's those are the kind of sk- those are the kind of experience I want um, getting in this industry. That'd be cool. Um, that's for another, another talk. So in terms of being a good guest, um, being able to storytell, that's a huge one. Putting things into practical terms with experiences that people can understand and relate to. Not speaking on such Mm -hmm. a high level that we have no idea what you're talking about. And also, like, walk your talk. If you've, tell us that you've done it, prove it, show it. Tell us what went well, what went bad. Gotcha. In in terms of storytelling, uh, what else? Because obviously everyone's got a story. Everyone's got something to tell. Whether that's interesting or not is kind of up to the up to the jury. Um, but when you bring someone on that you know they have a story in them, uh, what are some of the things you do to help them, I guess, craft that story? Uh, is it just strictly repetition? Um, are there certain exercises or techniques uh, that someone can use to to better hone their their storytelling skills? That's someone to get. Yeah. Well. If you're alive, you got a story. <laughs> Everybody has a story. Now, the thing is, a lot of people are 
you can't see what's super interesting in you because it's just so easy and so normal and you think yeah. nothing of it. So a lot of what I do is with my clients is I spend time with them and we'll have a conversation and then they'll say something and then I'll sort of poke it and poke it and poke it and poke it till we get to it. And that could turn into five or six talking points that they didn't think was a big deal because it's so easy to them, but nobody else knows it. And that is actually something that people want to know, want to learn and tips or how to's or whatever that um, we can extrapolate and turn into, you know, talking points and target different shows. So it's about, I, I think of it as like pulling out golden yep. threads. So it's that, but it's also the hero's journey. Where were you? What did you do to get there? What were the problems? How did you overcome it? What did you learn? What are you doing now? So it's, pretty much a hero's journey right as well and and all of this is this is like pre-work this is prep work for getting on the shows this is like before we haven't before we've pitched anyone we've we haven't reached out to anyone yet we are still just trying to get our shit together so that when we go to that host we have very very honed points oh. of our value propositions right yeah, this is just sort of thinking, where are you? What are you doing? Where do you want to go? Who do you want to talk to? What action do you want them to take when you get on the show? This is all the, we haven't even done the one sheet yet. This is all just the prep work. Personally, I think it's fun. I love all this stuff. Um, but then it's coming up like a topic and a talking point. They're not the same thing. So a topic might be finance. If you say, I want to come on your show and talk about finance, yeah. boring, who cares? You need to turn that into a topic. You need to turn that into a talking point. You need to turn that into a hook. How does one go about turning that into, just to take finance, for example, how do you go into, is that is a talking point just a more defined um, proposition there where it's like the seven key steps for um, building your financial wealth as a millennial? Is that a talking point or- yeah, or like how to do this, how to do that. Again, go back and look at your TMZs, yeah. your BuzzFeeds, and the stuff that makes you click is the stuff that is hooky, that is going to be interesting. Like I will write hooks, and even though I've written it myself and I know mm. the answer, I will still click on my own headline because it's so so interesting. I want to find out about it, and I know the answer. That's a good hook. So last year I went viral um, with the weight loss because in my mind I could just see it. And and even though it was my story, I still wanted to know the answer. So it was like, I think, um, you know, I lost I lost 140 pounds and can't get a date. That was the title? Well, yeah. Who doesn't want to know about that? Like I want to see the picture. I want to hear why she can't get a date. I want to know what she looks like. What is the reason? And like that goes against everything yeah. people would think. So kind of a good and that went viral to all like I'm still getting hits on it this week and it was last year and it got translated so that's just the interesting yeah there's a lot was that in a that. blog post I'm curious now I, yeah I, was, okay. I wrote an article I wrote an article and um it got picked up and went across the world but the point is it's just an interesting yeah. headline. So you can use that same concept in presenting yourself and packaging yourself to podcast hosts to get yourself booked on shows. And that's what we do. So we do the, come to us and we do it all for you and you get an email. We do all this. We You get an email in your inbox, you know, hey, Lewis, um, X host of X show is happy to have you on. Click this link. Boom. You're in there. Or you can do all this stuff yourself. <laughs> Which is hard. Either way. <laughs> Which is not easy. <laughs> 
not, it's not hard. Like I don't think I'm some genius that no one else can do this, but it is a skill and it is time consuming. So it depends where you want to put your exactly. expertise. Like I can mow a lawn. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to get a guy to do it because I don't want to and he's better at it than I am and he's got a lawnmower. <laughs> Fine. Exactly. Um, you know? So my next, I think I had a, God, I had a question. Oh, you mentioned one cheaters. What was it. that? I live for I love it and I live for this stuff. And to someone else, this is a chore. To me, this is the best part of my day. So that's the person that you want. Exactly. Doing and it. When I sat down with you in New York, we kind of went through this and I said some things. You were like, wait, you kind of asked me some follow up questions so I can see. And I heard, I saw your eyes perk up when I said certain things. And I was like, I can just kind of see you were, you were in your zone of genius there for a bit, um, just kind of poking and prodding. I see that I, feel the, I will keep going. Like, I'll hear something in what you've said. And I'm like, there's something there, there's something there, there's something, and I'll keep going and yeah. keep going and keep going until I get, and then it will turn into right. something. Right, and that's what I find really interesting because, like, you were able to, even with me, and it was a non, it was a very informal setting. Um, you were able to kind of bring out a lot of really good details that I didn't even know were there. Um, I was like, wow, I didn't never never say anything like that or told anyone that because I never was asked a question um, like that. Yeah, I'm nosy. I want to, like, I will ask the questions that no one else will ask to get the answers of stuff. This, all you're telling me is stuff right. that you already know, Lewis. It's not, it's, but, but it's so, it's deep in there that you can't identify it. I'm just identifying stuff in you that you can't see in yourself that's fascinating and interesting and people exactly. want to know. And that's the, that's the gold. That is, that's what's going to get you on the shows. Um, that's why I wanted to bring you on this show because I know you're, you're a genius at this stuff. And be- yeah, like I was talking to a client yesterday, sorry to interrupt, but it just made me think. He was talking about stuff and I like I take little notes as he's writing down. So one of the topics I've got for him is why I'm ditching one of the things that built hmm. my business. Yeah. So you want to know what that is because what is the thing that built his business? Obviously it worked and why is he ditching it? Now that is just me. I've literally got that as scratch on a piece of paper. That's going to get improved 10x it's going to be so much more dazzling and i'm going to glitter bomb that to make it much nicer but it's still pretty right it's interesting. a diamond in the rough and it's like even me i stopped my yeah. track i was like oh i wonder what he did like and that's easily if someone reads that or if a host reads that who's look thinking about putting you on their yeah. podcast that's the kind of stuff that's going to get you that interview and get you access yeah so it's not it's not finance right. or business like that dialing it in dialing it in dialing it in and what you need to talk about so one of the things that i ask my clients in the initial stages is what is nobody else in your niche talking about hmm. that should be and that's where you need to wow. be yeah if you're talking about the same as everybody else who bloody cares no one find right. the gap right fine yeah you're, you you got to go to the blue ocean right where no one else is uh, I love that. Yeah. Um, before I before we move on, I want to ask you: Can you get explain what a one cheater is? Because some people, I'm sure, like before when I first heard the word one cheater, I was like, "What is that? Like a <laughs> some kind of document?" But um, yeah. yeah, briefly, what that is. Yeah, it's, it's a one page press kit. It's a fancy sort of designed. So it's got your bio on there. It's got your name on there. If you've got a headline, that's on there. Um, and then your talking points. Some people put sample questions, some people put talking points. So it also is an indication of who you are and your branding. And then it would have social links on there as well. So it's a, essentially a one page press kit so the host can have a quick look and you know how I was saying like a 20 thing checklist so they're like okay 
who are you? What are you talking about? What do you look like? Yeah. What's your branding like? Um, what's your socials? Let me read a paragraph about you. Does it catch my eye visually? Okay, am I going to delve deeper in this? That's it. what it is. Got it. Um, so I, I want to get. Have one. One. I need to get with you on that. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Yeah. yeah. Well, not not every and that some people agree. Some people it depends. Even some people love it and that's what they read. Some people don't and they read the email. I have it and it's there exactly. and it goes with every client. It's better to have than not have. Very true. Now, that's only part of what you do. I know you do guesting, so you help people get on shows, but you also help big name shows get amazing guests. So I'd love to talk about that for a bit and figure out and just kind of, um, kind of, how do you track down the good people? How do you um, find good guests? That's something, a question I don't get asked enough, but I think it's a good question to, to ask. Yeah, so at the Talent Squad, we also have a talent producing division as well as the guest mm -hmm. expert division. So the guest expert is getting you booked on shows to reach your ideal audience. And if you're a podcast host, that's leveraging that audience to bring them back in your ecosystem or it's building your brand, your authority, your expertise, getting all the SEO and positioning you as an expert. That's that division. The other one is getting, if you already have a show and you want guests booked on your show, it's basically outsourcing the talent producing right. aspect of that and getting guest booked. So I've had a client come to me this week. She's launching a show. Um, she wants to get it in the can. So we're going to book 20 guests on her show. We had a chat. She told me what kind of expertise. She told me the audience. She told me the topics. We went, again, I went prodded and prodded and prodded. I'm, I'm either your dream or your nightmare, either way you look at this. And right. I get that. I totally do. Um, so, and then I'll go off because I've got a mental Rolodex of thousands. I mean, I've been in the industry for, like I said, 17 years, books, thousands of guests, thousands of shows, and I will scurry off and find the best person for that, come back and say, okay, this is my shortlist, approved, who you want to go ahead with, and then I'll get them on the show. And then I'll do, I'll get their headshot, I'll get their bio, I'll get them booked in a time slot, I will get the um, talent release out to that person. So all that's done. And then um, I'll make, I call it yeah. a cheat sheet for the host. So like a one pager on, okay, this is the background of the person. Here's my producer notes on just personal behind the scenes stuff that as a producer, I want to tell you about this person or their background. Here's all the social links. So all that. And then I'll even do some um, yep. sample questions. So they've got this person coming to them and then they kind of just have to read all the stuff and do the interview. So a lot of the background's right. already done um, for, for For a good podcast interview to happen, so, what do you find, what's some of the essential research that you need to be doing with your, um, on your, on your guests to make it good? Oh, absolutely. Like the host will still need, I believe a good interview does mm -hmm. research on their guest. So it's not necessarily just looking, reading a page, showing up and doing the interview, but it makes it easy because instead of having to do that search, you just have yep. to click on something and it's there and the background's already done. So you've got a good idea um, and then you can go deeper. So I would, oh, it's a bit going down a rabbit hole, isn't it? You want to look at their bio. You want to look at other interviews that they've already done. You want to look at if they've written any articles. Yeah, there's, there's oh, yeah, research tons. involved. Do you look at, do you pay attention to what they're doing on social media? Like for me, when I'm researching a guest, um, whether it's for me or for another client, like looking at their social media has been something I've, I've used in the past. Like for instance, like what the last, what are the last five things you've posted on Instagram? 
maybe that's relevant to what you're doing right now, what you're focused on. Um, does any of that come into your research or are you finding it's more valuable to go to their website or look at their last interview per se? I'm a woman and I'm an investigator. Some people call it stalking, call it what you like. I'll go to their um, Instagram. Yeah, I want to see what they're saying about themselves, but I want to see what other people are saying about them. Ah. That's what a good interviewer does because then you can ask what other people have written about them, what have been said about them, and it gives them a chance to say uh, to comment on that. Rebuttal, good. Yeah. Because you – like you, it's. I mean, you know, it's not deep investigative journalism, but it, like, you know, it's not a court no. case or anything like that. And it depends on the type of show you've got. But it's an opportunity for okay. Well, this has been said, or you commented on this. There's so many different ways to do things. But yeah, I'm on Instagram. I'd be on Facebook. Twitter is not my favorite as much anymore. I'd have a look at that. I'd have a look at LinkedIn. I'd have a look at the connections on LinkedIn. I'd have a look at articles they've written. I'd have a look at articles that are written about them. I'd have a look at previous interviews. What have other people asked them? I'd be going down and I'm doing my research. Got it. Got it. Now, that's important stuff because I've seen so many interviews go wrong. Go ahead. Yeah. If you can't even know anything about, and you know what, if they're a good guest, they're Mm going to do the same research on you. (laughs) <laughs> so be prepared for that. And that's a good guest. That's a good guest knowing something True. It about shows the that they, they show up and they, they care um, and that they're, they're ready for the interview, right? And ask what other people as an interviewer. I used to, um, when I was in Hollywood, I used to do the red carpet interviews. So I used to do the, yeah. you know, the movie premieres and the roundtables with all the celebrities. And this was a while ago now, but you need to ask questions that they're not being, people have a tape mm-hmm. recorder in their head, right? So they just they get asked the same question. They know that they've answered that question. They'll press play on the tape recorder in their head and they're just going to spit out the same response. Boring. You're getting nothing new. You need to ask them something that they haven't been asked before or observe and you need to observe the way they're answering the questions or ask them something in a different area. So they're, they're skilled to interviewing to get different. And then they're going to like you more and they're going to give you more. Um, in terms of sometimes you jump on a, this is probably one of my closing questions, but sometimes you'll jump on a call with somebody and you don't know that person too well. Um, but you obviously want to establish rapport, make them feel more comfortable because if they're not comfortable, they're not going to open up to you and they're not going to tell you. They're going to give you very like standard answers, right? Um, it's going to be hard to get good stuff out of them. Um, have you, if you have any techniques around this, I don't know. Um, but what do you think or recommend to do to get someone to warm up to you, to establish that rapport before an episode, before an interview to uh, hopefully get a better interview out of them? Um, Anything there? Rapport building often depends on the personality of the other person and how they are open to people. Um, Like I'm pretty open, so it's super easy for me for me, but some people like then they're not going to tell you their life story in five minutes. I will. So it depends on, but but I only release what I want to release. Like you're not going to get anything out of me that I don't, wouldn't want on the front page of the newspaper. That's how I've always gone. Um, But rapport is just, sometimes you need to share something about you to get them to feel comfortable. It's just finding, finding common, ground. common okay, ground. Good. Yeah. I was, I never went to, I didn't go to school in Ohio like you, so I couldn't go there, but um, we did both go to podcast movement <laughs> this year. So I think that was probably the only common ground I had with you. Um. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's, there's 
Like it could be something as far as you're yeah. wearing jeans and I'm wearing jeans. You want drinking coffee? I'm drinking coffee. You've got a niece. I've got a niece. Like we don't have to do the same things. It's just finding a little small talk way in before you're going in and going, tell me about your income report and I want to know about this and this person said this about you. Hold on, what? You want to like get married? Right. We haven't even had our first date. You got to romance down. me a little bit, Kelly. Coffee. So I got you. <laughs> right. Right, Lewis. So, um, Kelly, this has been awesome. I really, really appreciate your time here. I know it's like seven thirty, probably eight o'clock over there in the morning in Australia. Um, Yeah, and you weren't even my first call. I had a six a.m. and tomorrow I've got a five a.m. So I'm an early Um, bird. When I go over there to uh, the outback, I will. uh, I'll have to suffer if I have any calls here in the U.S. I'm going to be suffering, but um, it'll be worth it. (laughs) Okay. First of all, I'm not in the outback. I'm in a co-working space in a phone booth and I'm literally looking at an indoor slippery slide. So there are no kangaroos jumping around here, Lewis. Thank you. We'll skip that. We'll skip the explanation for that. But um, I wish we had the video for this to – because I – Super fun. And they've got like giant chess boards and ping pong tables and coffee and like, (laughs) Yeah. Kangaroos are scary. They'll kill you. I'm not messing around. And ko- koalas will scratch your damn no, eyes I've, out. I've heard I'm some not horror stories, so I'll have to keep. I'll have to go where you're at, and when I go to Australia. Yeah. But um, in in some in closing, uh, where can people contact you and uh, and and find out more about what you do? It'll be in the show notes, but just in case. So, yeah, my website is thetalentsquad.com. You're welcome to outsource and hire us or we have a podcast guest kit and you can DIY and download everything. Um, yeah, podcastguestkit.com. Podcast those will be both in the show notes. And um, and yeah, and everything else we mentioned, we've mentioned a lot of good stuff here. So I'm excited for this one. Uh, Kelly, thank you so much for your time. And um, when you get back to New York, let me know. And hopefully I'll be over there. I'll be up there soon. But uh, until then, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lewis. Welcome. Hey, what's up? It's Lewis again. Really hope you took something of value away from today's show. And don't forget, there's only one thing I want you to do if you need help, if you want to chat about this, if there's any way I can serve you, that is to text or maybe even give me a call at 561-405-7838. That is a Google Voice number that goes directly to my phone. So I will be on demand for you and we can chat about how we can help you grow, launch, or monetize your podcast. Thanks. I'll catch you next week.